Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now, Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for May 14, 2019. The White Sox once again ensured at least another split with the Indians with a 5-2 victory on Monday night, but before we get into it, let's talk about what Rick Hahn said before the game. Hahn gave updates on three White Sox battling elbow issues, and none of them were good. Carlos Rodon, Nate Jones, and Mike Rodolfo are all undergoing surgeries, and all will miss the rest of the season. Rodon is undergoing Tommy John surgery as expected, and Han says it's reasonable to expect Rodon to rejoin the White Sox during the second half of the 2020 season. That seems a little bit optimistic to me, especially when bringing Jones and Adolfo into the picture. Jones is undergoing his third arm surgery, this one repairing a torn flexor muscle in his forearm. Meanwhile, Adolfo is undergoing arthroscopic surgery on the same right elbow that underwent Tommy John surgery to clean up scar tissue and potentially move a nerve which is one of the surgeries Jones needed after his UCL repair. Throw in Zach Birdie's inability to regain his old velocity, and the White Sox have had issues making Tommy John surgeries routine. Check SoxMachine.com for a post about that later this morning. If you can set aside the bad news, and you might have already penciled in the worst-case scenario for all three, then Monday was an enjoyable one. The White Sox backed a strong night by Reynaldo Lopez with four homers off Shane Bieber for that 5-2 win. Lopez couldn't have gotten off to a less auspicious start, as Francisco Lindor sent his third pitch of the night well into the Goose Island for a quick 1-0 Cleveland lead. It was a fastball that tailed over the middle of the plate, raising fears that the fastball command that plagued him in his last start against Cleveland followed him into this one. I'm pleased to report that's not the case. Lopez allowed just one other hit and one unearned run over the rest of his evening. He threw seven and two-thirds innings, making it the longest start by a White Sox pitcher this season. The mistake to Lindor aside, his fastball had some of its better life, but he can probably credit his slider more than any other pitch for his success. 
He got seven swinging strikes on it, including three of his six strikeouts. It gave hitters a different look the second time through, and then he resumed attacking with his fastball later in the game. As I wrote about on Monday, maybe it's a bad Cleveland lineup making White Sox pitchers look good, but Lopez needed to look better than he did his last time out. Mission accomplished. The White Sox supported him by methodically cranking out solo shots before Bieber could bring an inning to a close. With two outs and nobody on in the first, Jose Abreu crushed an elevated slider 431 feet to center, tying the game. With two outs and nobody on in the second, Wellington Castillo lifted a fly ball just over the wall and left for a 2-1 lead. With two outs and nobody on in the third, Yuan Mankata tomahawked a high fastball and curled it around the foul pole in right to make it a 3-2 game. And with two outs and nobody on in the fourth, Nicky Delmonico flied out to the warning track in right. The White Sox did eventually come up with a fourth homer, they just had to wait until the sixth, when Yohan Mikado went the other way for his second of the game. The Sox finally scored without a homer in the seventh, as Castillo and Yolmer Sanchez hit back-to-back doubles for a fifth run the Sox didn't need. Aaron Bummer finished the eighth, and Alex Calame pitched a 1-2-3 ninth for his eighth save. Moncada had a big game, going 3-for-4 with the two homers, and Castillo showed signs of busting out of a slump with the homer and the double, the latter making up for a throwing error that set up Cleveland's sack fly in the third inning. Charlie Tilson, thrown into the leadoff spot after Leary Garcia left Sunday's game with back stiffness, went 0-for-4 with two strikeouts. The White Sox and Indians will meet again for the back half of a two-game set today. First pitch is at 1.10 p.m. Central on WGN, and also MLB Network for those of you not in the Chicago or Cleveland markets. It's Manny Banuelos against Carlos Carrasco. The last time they met, it resulted in a rain-shortened 4-0 Cleveland victory. Carrasco was 6-1 with a 1.21 ERA over his last nine starts against the Sox, allowing just 32 hits over 59 innings. The Sox ended a similarly dominant run by Corey Kluber earlier this season, so hey. The White Sox are also likely to face Oscar Mercado, a right-handed outfielder who has been tearing it up for AAA Columbus. He's not yet on the roster, but the Indians are expected to add him before the game, with Tyler Naquin going to the injured list. Down on the farm, while Mike Rodolfo is done for the year, the White Sox did issue positive injury news as Eloy Jimenez and Sebi Zavala will return to Charlotte as they come back from their injuries. The Knights were idle, but the Birmingham Barons played a doubleheader against Tennessee, and they swept it. They won the opener 6-1, with Luis Robert hitting his first double-A homer and Taekwon Forbes his second, and Kyle Kubat throwing seven strong innings for his third time in as many tries at Birmingham. The Barons then won Game 2 by a score of 4-1, Blake Battenfield threw five innings of one-run ball in his double-A debut, Blake Rutherford homered, and Gavin Sheets extended his hitting streak to eight games with a two-run single. Connor Pilkington's debut at high-A wasn't as charmed. He lasted only three and a third in Winston-Salem's 11-1 loss to Myrtle Beach as he battled control problems in the first inning, then was chased from the game during a four-run fourth. On a happier note, Steele Walker hit his first Carolina League homer, and Nick Madrigal snapped his four-game hitless skid with a one-for-four night. Kannapolis ran its winning streak to five games with a 6-2 victory over West Virginia, a game that Luis Curbelo broke open with a grand slam in the eighth inning. Bryce Bush doubled and walked in his two plate appearances before being replaced in the middle of the game. We'll see if there's any reason to worry. Cade McClure threw a strong six and two-thirds innings to continue the string of excellent outings from Kannapolis pitchers. Around the league, Jose Barrios had a rare off night, giving up five runs on 12 hits over five and two-thirds innings in the twin 6-4 loss to the Angels. Shohei Otani hit his first homer of the season in his sixth game back. The Astros crushed four homers to beat Detroit 8-1, so the White Sox were the only victorious AL Central team on Monday. 
Then again, Kansas City, which was idle, can feel okay about itself, as the Royals are calling up highly touted second baseman Nicky Lopez. Lopez is batting 353 for Omaha with a paltry 3% strikeout rate, so he fits the Kaufman mold. Whit Merrifield is moving to right field to accommodate him. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about Monday's White Sox winner, the night on the farm, and eventually my post about all the elbow problems. You can also join me and Josh tonight for a rare Tuesday edition of Sox Machine Live. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can find and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And if you're feeling generous, you can support both the site and the show at patreon.com slash SoxMachine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.